Broadcasting to you live from the Badlands of Texas, you're listening to Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. We didn't start the fire. The damn thing's been burning since the world's been turning. But I know some good old boys in Houston that can put that out for you. How are you doing tonight? Everybody doing all right? I've got a lot of news for you. A whole lot of news. First of all, though, I'd like to thank Hot Ham for the pre-show that she put on for us. The Midnight Radio pre-show was awesome. Rocked me out. Got me in the right frame of mind, as I hope it also did you. Those that tuned in, those that didn't tune in, you have a second chance if you're a member of our Discord, which you can only become if you're a member of our our YouTube, Midnight, Midnighter level or above. There'll be a link in there for you to listen to it later. On the radio note, first of all, let me thank our producers and our executive producers here, which I will do again in the middle of the show and let you know how you can become an executive producer or producer. Executive producer is Lady Lisa. Thank you very much. We also have producer Hot Ham, producer Joe. All the money that comes in for the show, all the donations that come in, whether it's a super sticker, whether it's a super chat, whether it's a super thank you, every dime of that goes to our music radio license. And on that note, I've got something to tell you. We've we've paid our fees for two radio license agencies. We're waiting for the third to contact us back. So this is good news. We're talking a matter of days, not a matter of weeks before we get our license ready. So we're kicking it to the next level, kicking it up the second gear for the DJs. The next DJ that does a, a pre-show stream will actually be Mrs. Midnight. That'll be tomorrow. And what else do I have for you? Yeah, so... Again, we're kicking to the next level of the DJs. You'll see, if you go to midnightrad.io, that's our website. You can see that the DJ pages are starting to come alive now. They're missing some things because they didn't turn everything they needed to into me. But you'll see that some of those are up. So that is some very good news. If you like the music on the pre-show stream, we're going to be rocking music like that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can go anywhere and listen to great music like we used to in the old days. And I'm not talking about the same, like, what what do they play? Like, play like the same music all the time on these radio stations that I hear. A lot of Creedence Clearwater. Maybe they play it because it's cheap. I don't know. We're not doing that. We're not licensed through one agency, not two, but three, and more if we need to be, so we can get the biggest mix of all the music. And it's going to be mixed, mixed up, so you're not listening to the same stuff over and over and over again. All right. On a serious note, I hit you with this. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but I'll show it to you first here. This happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. So here are some of the stories I'm going to go over to tonight. City of Knoxville, there's something called the Lisa Edwards incident. Now, this just happened, and we're going to go over that tonight. We're going to go over the details about that. I got some stuff in the Idaho 4 case. And we have a woman that claims to be Madeline Kane. Of course, we're, you know we're going to talk about the Murdoch trial in the back. Matter of fact, those of you that have good clips about the Murdoch trial, go ahead and send those uh, links to me in my email right now. By the time I get back to Murdoch at the end, then we're going to talk about it. This isn't going to be a long show. We're going to talk about a, a crackdown on pedos that happened in northern uh, Texas here, south of me. We're going to talk about J.J. Rowland being, uh, they found him. 
more information about the murder house. Got some crazy stuff from Banfield, and we have some stuff about the Idaho 4 case uh, from the Moscow Murders Reddit. We got some really interesting stuff today. Let me go ahead and get on this right now. Let me line this up for you. Go boom. Like to say hello to all the, everybody in the chat room. All right, let me go ahead and boom, take that down. So, guys, this blew my mind when I saw it, when I heard about it. This is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Because we know about murderers. We all know about murderers. We see that a lot around here, right? But what if the institutions that are supposed to protect you murder you? It's because they don't like you very much. Because you're not mainstream. You're a little bit different. Your ass might be a little bit larger. Your armpits might smell a little bit worse. You might not be, well, you might not be a role model in the old hygiene department. But does that matter when it comes to taking care of a patient? Well, apparently, it's okay to kill somebody because they're different. It's okay to not give them the proper standard of care. That's what they are saying there in Knoxville. Because no charges are pressed in this. Let me go ahead and tell this to you. So the Knoxville Police Department has released the relevant police footage from the February 5th arrest. Arrest. She was arrested of 60-year-old Lisa Edwards, who later died at Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center, where the arrest originated. The footage can be accessed at the link below, and I have it. We're going to watch it here in a minute. It includes the body camera footage of the initial interaction with Miss Edwards body camera footage of officers taking her into custody and in car rear facing camera footage from the time now this has just been released because the district attorney there decided that they will not seek criminal prosecution now follow me here and i'm going to tell you exactly what's going on and what's at stake and the reason why they said they did this is to be transparent um, included the most impertinent video in order to better inform the public of the circumstances. The Knoxville Police Department conducts thorough and detailed administrative reviews to ensure that the actions of its officers and employees meet the department's highest standards, which is a damn shame if this is the, the department's highest standards, murdering innocent people, arresting people who are innocent. Now, they're not the only ones you should be very disturbed at what I'm about to show you. Matter of fact, this, this is a trigger alert or warning for some people. I'm not going to be triggered tonight, but some people might be at the way this lady is treated, no doubt. But the, it's okay because uh, Knoxville Police Department extends its deepest and most heartfelt condolences to the family of Elise, to Lisa Edwards, and I'm sure that they don't have enough money to sue, unfortunately. That's, what I'm, that's the vibe I'm getting here. I'm going to try to see if do they have. All right. All right. So before I start playing this, um, I'm going to go ahead and try to tell you what's going on. I'll go ahead and put the camera back on me while I read these comments. So what happened is there's a lady who is sick in the hospital. All right. They were releasing her early for whatever reasons. I don't know. She's trying to tell them I am still sick. I don't have any place to go. I am still sick. No, lady, you have to leave. I'm still sick. No, lady, you have to leave. 
please, I don't have any place to go. And she couldn't communicate clearly. I'm still sick. Then they called the police on her to take her away while she was in the midst of a stroke. She was actively dying while the police treat her like ass. The police make fun of her. And the nurses and the administration of the hospital were treating her horribly and very disrespectfully. So it's a name and shame tonight on Midnight Radio. Basically, this is horrible. This is very horrifying. Let me go ahead and put this up here for you. Let's look at the real footage. Maybe, I don't know. Let's see what you think about this. If you're watching this and you have a reaction and you'd like to comment about it, you can do that. The phone number right up there is 325-261-0892. Just before 8 a.m. on Sunday, February 5th, 2023. Sergeant Brandon Wardlow, Wardlaw arrived at Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center in response to a call from a Fort Sanders hospital. Security regarding a woman since identified as 60-year-old Lisa Edwards, who is reportedly refusing to leave the hospital property after being asked to do so. Edwards had been discharged from the hospital prior to officer arrival. You're saying that you're going to go to jail. Can you call the preacher for me? Who? The preacher. I guess there's a preacher. No, ma'am, you have a phone right there. I don't know the number. Well, how am I supposed to know the number to call the preacher then if you don't know the number? How did you get to, to this, this point right here? How did you get that you push yourself out here? I, I called him. I haven't called him. Did you push yourself out here, though? No, he What's going to happen is, is you're going to have to roll this off the property. And we're done now. It's the hospital's wheelchair. Well, you're going to have to get up and figure out a way to get done. I can't. Can I come in and try my phone number again? You sat in the lobby for 30 minutes, and you had your phone, and you put it back down. You did not use the phone. You did not even attempt to use the phone to make a phone call. It sounds like that's the only option because you're not giving us any anything that we can do. I don't want to go to jail. Well, get up and get the move. Get up and get the move in there. Oh, I don't think you need to jail. Please don't hurt me no more. So. Okay, I'm done talking to you. You start talking nonsense like okay. that, I'm done with you. You'll go to jail. Yes. You know your social?
She's actively oh, having go. a stroke. Uh, uh, One more time. One more. No, I can't. Yeah, you can. can never could. Come on. Hang on right there. Hang on right there. I can't. Is there more to the story? Oh, yeah, but you're going to get the whole story right here. This could be anybody's mother here. Imagine if your mother went through this because she couldn't get a hold of you. She's actually dying right now. Oh, you're so helpful. You've been medically cleared, so let's get in. I can't you to bring me. Yes, ma'am, you're going to have to get in. My ankle. You've been medically cleared, ma'am. This is not going to work. So we need you to help us. Can you hear her not being able to breathe? She's actively dying. It's not a hospital transport. It's not a hospital transport van. It's a police transport van. Isabella Circle. Yep, you could have gave her a ride. You still live with Isabella? No, stop. Okay, it's not working. You're acting like she's faking, but she's not. We're not doing this. So we're we're doing this. We're not doing this. Officer Jackass. So quit. You've been medically cleared, so we know better. Listen, you're getting in there one way or the other, so stop. You're you're, you're pulling against us. Quit. Now get in. I'm gonna put you in there if you don't help us, ma'am. Now stop this. Okay. Just turn around. Walk back. Turn around. Oh my god. Walk. Oh my god. There's, they're saying she was medically cleared because the hospital discharged her while she was having an active stroke, and they wanted her to leave, and she couldn't, she didn't remember how to, and she was too sick to. So they called the police. So they treat her poorly. They put her in jail, 
She dies in the transport. And I'm not going to let him get away with it. Yeah, they think it's funny. Oh, they've never met her before. Ma'am, I'm going to ask you to stand up, and I'm going to ask you to help me one last time. You can stop. I've had enough. Get up. Use your legs. Stop. All right, I'm going to stop the show right now and go to this one person's question. Rosanna, why do you show Banfield crying and you don't talk anything about it? Well, I think that this is more important than Banfield's crying, although I will talk about Banfield crying. My apologies. This is a live show. This is a live radio show. These are my friends I'm talking to. You're in my house right now at the brink of disrespect. But please sit back or come back later and find out about Banfield. You're starting to piss me off. Get up. Banfield is just fine right now. She'll be back. You have to use your legs, you're quick. No, you're not. Use your legs. I can't. Yes, no, they're not. They are. Why can't you put me into that? Can't pick her up because she's dead weight. She's not yeah. using her damn yeah. legs no, on purpose. She's not helping. She she's doing. No, no, no. Lord, listen to me. This is the most. I'm using that suitcase, but I'm like rummaging through it. Charge started this. He can help load her. What? Kicked her out. There's that government health care for you. What do you need your purse for? 
You don't have one in there. We've already went through it. All right, this isn't a criminal. This is a lady that was at the hospital. They released her. Upon releasing her, she couldn't. She did not know how to go home, and she she was um, not belligerent. You can tell she's very nice. My dad also died of brain damage, and I would hate for him to be treated this way, and they're not going to press any charges against the hospital that called the police on her because she didn't know how to go home, or the police that murder her in this vehicle because they're about to murder her. And this, ladies and gentlemen, this is worth talking about. I have other stories we're going to go over today. Uh, some of it's Banfield, but this is worth talking about. There is, there's no, there's going to be no trial on this. This is somebody murdered, but it's okay because she doesn't have a family that had the funds to stand up for her. She didn't have an audience to say, oh, poor 60 old, 60 year old lady. She doesn't have an advocate. She doesn't have rows and rows of YouTubers to talk about her. Hell, she barely has you in the audience that even want to watch the video. This is very triggering. question is do you think the hospital is liable or do you feel the police are liable the phone number is right here you guys can call it uh, 325-261-0892 nobody wants to talk about this this portion of your inhaler is missing from the plastic piece you don't have an inhaler okay so listen this is going to be your option you're going to get up and you're going to sit here i'm going to stuff you in the floor so which one do you want it to be Guess which one he does, everybody. I'm leaving it up to you. You either get your butt up here, or you're going to have your head bang your feet here, and we're going to go. This is your police department right here. This is the Knoxville Police Department. Oh, he's going to stuff her in there, and guess what? No charges for him. Protect and serve my ass. Well, you're about to get some, you know about to happen. You're about to get some more charges. That's what's about to happen. Okay. Sit back. Quit coming out. Good. This is trying to get her back that way. You can't stuff her in there, Brandon. That ain't gonna work. I can't see you now. I'm not going to play the whole tape. But I should. What's in the back, Danny? Look at how white she's turning. Don't you dare fucking throw yourself on the ground. Oh my god. I'm surprised they didn't taser her. Right now, if there's something major important, I, 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 we've got some issues right now. We can get to both sides at least. You lost the bike. You lost the ball. 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 You lost
unfortunately, if she goes over and can't breathe, that axe going to turn into a problem. Hey, yeah. wait, hey, hey, hey. Tam is on his way to drop one off. The chargers are lowered to the ground. We can throw it off. Now, now she's playing games. Well, we've come up with plans. Yes. She's going in the back of that charger. It's the lowest profile thing here. I was kind of thinking, uh, just leave her on the sidewalk and I'll wipe blanket over and everybody can go about their day. She's already got a warrant on her now. <laughs> Disorderly. Compete the sidewalk. I'm going to Oh, they're laughing at her ping herself. That's great. I think this needs to go to the medical review board, too. They don't miss. They don't do his own play out there. You get out there, you might not want to pull this out, okay? Shoved her in okay. there. They're being rough on her. Put her in a squad car. No, sir. Ha ha, he asked if they had any Lysol. Ha ha ha. Hey, you got it, boys. You better get it together. You better get Mac right. You're not going back in the hospital. My They're not taking you back. My purse, please. They're not, take, they're not taking you back in the hospital. My You've been kicked out of two hospitals. Please. What do you need your purse for? My hands. It's not. This is a different video from a different cam. That was from a different cam. All right, so let me break it down to you what happens at the end of this video since you guys are, some of you are ready for Banfield. So on route to the, to the jail, the police officer, oh, he, he does a routine pullover, pulls somebody over, issues him a ticket. He comes back. She's dead. Mm-hmm. So what do we just watch? We watch a lady that was really sick. She was getting discharged from the hospital, but when it came to the point to be discharged, she became unresponded and didn't even remember who to leave, how to leave or where she lived or even really what her name was very much. And she couldn't leave, so the hospital called the police, who were very rude to her, th- said she was faking, didn't have a doctor or a nurse or even a triage paramedic do a second or final check on her. I mean, I was looking at her. I saw her ashy face. It looked to me like she wasn't Kenny. And there's not many women that would pee on themselves to just act like they were sick. It's a disgrace. The lady died. 
The blood is on the is on the hospital for discharging her way too early. And hopefully somebody loses their license or at least gets put on probation, but it's not going to happen. The police officers who are treating her like ass have all been cleared. So that's why the video was released. It wouldn't have been released before that. That's according to them. There'll be links in the show notes after this. This makes me sick. This is a real issue. People don't care. There's no advocate for these people. Is it because they're not children? Is it because they're not rich? Is it because there's no charges? Maybe it was just a simple mistake. Maybe she would have died a week later. Do people with less class than other people, is it okay for the paperwork? I'm trying not to be triggered. The paperwork to be filled out in such a way that it murders somebody? Is that all right? No, it's not. It is not. And this is going viral right now, and hell is being raised by people like me and some others. But there's no excuse for this, and there had better be some damn consequences. I lived in Knoxville for, what, five years, and uh, my son was born not far from this hospital, if not in this hospital. Disgusting. But government health care is great, isn't it? You think if she had the gold plan, she would have been treated like this? Think about that. I do want to give you some of the reaction from the community. Not only the neighbors who live nearby, but also students you know, who go there. What are their thoughts that this home will eventually be demolished. So I want to play some of that for you now. This is what they this is what they said when they were asked about the demolition. I heard this morning that they're going to demolish the house. I think that it's a step in the right direction. We're going to get some closure on this. Every single time I drive by that, I think about it, I look at it. If it was gone and something else was there, that would be great. As a student, having to move frequently around campus to be able to go to school, knowing that I lived in a place where people were so I think tearing down the house could be a good thing. Maybe we should demand that they tear down the hospital because they just murdered somebody. I watched it. And for a memorial, I think it'd be good to put it here on campus in one of the parks. I don't think it needs to be torn down. However, if it is torn down, I believe the memorial should go in its place. I don't think the house, I don't think anyone for want to live in that house, but um, also out of respect to the people that um, were killed, I think it's a good action to take, um, just to take it down and maybe make it to some sort of memorial or, or some place where people can go and, and learn about what happened. So um, there were a lot of people who wanted to say their piece, but not on camera. And let me give you some of that reporting as well. Three of the neighbors who actually live right around the house said that um, they think it's just a horrible place. They don't want to look at that horrible place anymore, quote, that horrible place anymore. And so they support that the house is going to be uh, torn down. And a couple of other neighbors, two men who actually share um, or adjacent in the backyard, with the home, they didn't want to speak on camera, but they said that it's, quote, 
it's spooky looking at this house right now. They knew all of the, the kids who lived there. Uh, they had actually partied in the yard just, you know, within the prior weeks to the murders. They said that they wanted their families weird. to get justice. It's weird all being boarded worried, up. Though, that if the house were torn down early, possibly some technicality could prevent Brian Koberger from being appropriately punished. And this was a sentiment that our producer, our stringer, heard repeated often around town today. They were concerned. They wanted the house destroyed, but at the right time to make sure that all of the investigative work has been done, that there can be no, you know, uh, loophole uh, if the house is gone that, that could be a benefit uh, to the defendant in, in this particular case. It's, it's poignant. Also, um, the, the person who witnessed some of the TikTok dances said that they were shocked, quote, by how many people all day long were doing this. They couldn't believe how often that they had been doing the TikTok dances. You'll also be interested to hear that many of the neighbors who live around the house have signs up everywhere on their windows, doors saying no comment, no media, go away. So we were very lucky to get this reaction uh, today. I also want to play for you what some of the students said. And there you go. You can see some of the pictures. Reporters not welcome. We do not have a statement. Please respect our wishes. We have no statement. Please leave us alone. And then I wanted to give you a couple of the comments of what some of the students we talked to today felt about a memorial on campus or elsewhere. And here's what they said. Maybe a good spot for a memorial would be somewhere around that area. I think maybe if we wanted to remember it more specifically, maybe over by the library or something to that effect would be good spots for that. I feel like having the memorial on campus would definitely be a lot better than off campus. Um, as far as building a memorial on campus, I think that definitely needs to happen. I, uh, it's a beautiful campus, so I think anywhere um, they decide will be great. I am not exactly sure where their memorial should be, but I don't think it should be at the place of their murder. To be. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it seems wrong to have a memorial where you've been murdered at. You know what I mean? Hide to just their deaths is not something I would wish upon anyone, and I would rather celebrate who they were in life than mourn them for who they were that night. There you have it. There are some of the thoughts of those who are in the community um, about both the house being torn down and the memorial being built. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Ashley. Um, let's see. I'm just going to, I'll just go over. I'm just going to go ahead and get my Idaho Forest stuff out of the way for some of you guys that just tuned in for that. Cause I have a lot more. There's more to life than Idaho for. Here's a short one about the same thing. And then I, I'm interested in the TikTok videos, people doing TikTok videos in front of the house. And what are those people that the students there makes me wonder. Or their people, I don't know. The dance videos, the TikTok dance videos, that's what I'm talking about. The University of Idaho says the home where four students were murdered in no, or back in November of last year, that home will be demolished. In a memo sent to the University of Idaho students and employees this morning, the owner of the home on King Street we'll to offered to give the home to the too. university, which they did accept. They say the demolition removes efforts to further sensationalize the crime scene. Mm -hmm. They also say they are currently evaluating options on what to do with the property after the home is torn down. Yeah. Take a vote. No word on when that demolition will happen. 
Maddie Mogan, Kaylee Consalves, Zanaker Noodle, and Ethan Chapin, all students at the University of Idaho, were stabbed to death inside that home in the early morning hours of November 13th. 28-year-old Brian Koberger has been arrested and charged with their deaths. His preliminary hearing is scheduled for late June. The university says that planning is currently underway to create a healing garden and memorial somewhere on campus for the victims. There you go, a little bit more info somewhere on campus. Uh, this is something everybody's been talking about. So I guess that's all for the TikTok dance videos. Okay, here we go. Of course, this is some breaking news, sort of breaking. It's been going around. Uh, to add to this tonight, um, new and it, um, unique reporting that News Nation has. Oh, we're about to get to the crying, in case you're wondering. Has uh, discovered, and, and it has sources trains. close to the investigation telling us that the person who is uh, featured on Brian Koberger's phone, the female victim who was featured on Brian Koberger's phone, is the same person that he was reaching out to on social media. Uh, and also that the photos were not taken by Brian Koberger. They were downloaded off of that victim's Instagram. So he had taken... All right. So not to seem like a jackass about this, but when the murder first happened, when he was first arrested, we all went over there to find out if he was following them, and we found out that he was. And we had the date, you know, of when he started his Instagram and when he started his Facebook and when he started following people on there. And we found the actual Brian Kohlberger following these different people and it was real. And we found out what the day after he'd been arrested or the day of, I'm sorry, within 24 hours. So is this re-reported? It's because it was reported by uh, people magazine. They put an article about it a month later. Is that why? Taken the pictures from that victim's Instagram. And then I also have this uh, reporting that, Brian Koberger followed both Kaylee and Maddie on Instagram, but Koberger liked every one of Maddie's photos. Maddie's on the right, her best friend Kaylee's on the left. Koberger had liked all of Maddie's photos compared to liking just a couple of the ones um, on Kaylee's account. He followed both, but he liked all of Maddie's and compared to liking just a couple of them on um, Haley's account. So that may give us a little bit more insight as to potentially who it was that he had downloaded and um, kept on his phone, which victim, which female victim's pictures were on his phone. Okay. Thank you for watching. All right. So right here. Going to Instagram right now. Not Instagram right now. No, not going to Instagram. No, I won't do it. Going to Reddit. Man, I found some saucy, saucy, saucy things on Reddit. Hold on. All right, so this is kind of disturbing. We've been going over this a little bit. And I just talked about people, people magazines. They're talking about an anonymous source as pertains to, well, I'll read this for you a little bit. 
Idaho murder suspect spoke about slain students during extradition. It's really sad what happened to them. Now, police was involved with people with the process tells people he seemed very nervous. He was narrating to himself everything that was happening at one point. He was saying something to himself like, I'm fine. This is okay. Like he was reassuring himself that this whole thing wasn't awful. A source in jail says he keeps to himself. He's away from other prisoners, but he will make small talk with the guards. It seems to be getting used to the place. They say he complied right away and knew exactly why he'd been arrested. They said uh, he didn't ask. There was no, what did I do? There was no, you got the wrong guy. He remained largely silent, offering up few clues to state of mind. He said it was sad what happened to them, but he didn't say anything more. And it talks about following him on Instagram. Talks about January 19th. We learned that there's a former employee at the Mad Greeks. It says that he did come in there twice to grab vegetarian pizza. They're, staying, they're sticking by that story. The uh, People Magazine said they verified it, even though the owners of the Mad Greeks said this not true. And really, wouldn't they? They don't want bad press, so I can understand them saying it wasn't true. The former employee says there was nothing suspicious about his visits to the Mad Greek, and he only stood out because he had a particular order, but it was peculiar. It was a, he was a strict vegan, and he would check to make sure that his food had not come into contact with any animal products. In the article, it also said that roommates of the slain Idaho students feel a lot of survivor's guilt about murders. And that's what the source said. A friend has spoken to one of the roommates, tells people they feel a lot of survivor's guilt. Their friends are gone and they're still here. It's been really rough on them. They're going to be dealing with this for the rest of their lives. The same friend says they've been interviewed by the cops about what they saw and heard, but they don't have all the answers. How can they? They're happy to be alive, but just so sad about it all and wondering if there could be anything done. It's heartbreaking. Now, he, he reportedly had pictures of the victims on his phone. Says the source familiar with the investigation tells people that BK had pictures of one of the female victims on his phone that was collected after his arrest that was found by the police. They didn't specify what photo it was. They do say they do say he had more than one. It was clear that he was paying attention to her. Of course, BK's attorney doesn't doesn't uh, respond now this is where things get cuckoo on the the loony train also for this is ashley banfield's tears and this is stepping off the damn loony train all right so right here let's talk a bit about that uh, washington state university termination letter and i'll post a link so you guys can look at this video of some lady named Gigi and friend detail how they vetted their source and how news nation and new york times got involved but if you actually look at this video you see contradicting statements in what she's saying and it doesn't make any sense and there's no verification here's a summary oh by the way she seems a little bit off unhinged and rambling but then again 
I don't care, so do I. Gigi received the letter from the source. Gigi's friend ID'd the source by having them put up their ID next to their face and checks public databases and resources, as well as social media to confirm the source is who they say they are. He vests the process by which the source got the letter, but won't tell us anything about that. He and Gigi supposedly releasing more videos soon to further explain the vetting process, but now how the source got the letter. That's a misspelling on their part, but know how the source got the letter. Admits he and Gigi don't know if the events in the letter actually happened. He told the source not to reveal their identity. Now, this is how they say News Nation got involved. Ashley Banfield, Ashley's Tears. News Nation assistant producer contacted Gigi after seeing her TikTok and YouTube about the letter. Gigi and News Nation AP associate producer spoke for around three hours about the source night before the first story broke he called it friend support not sure what that meant i believe this is the first story from news nation It's right here on this link links will be in the show notes after the show he says after the first story about the letter was released he texted the source to coordinate a call with gg ashley banfield the ap and a more senior producer from news nation this is extremely concerning to me because it means News Nation didn't speak to the source directly before publishing their first story. He says he listened in on the conversation when it finally happened and doesn't believe Banfield ever joined the call. On this call, the source revealed themselves to be the News Nation senior producer. News Nation requested docs from the source, but the source told News Nation to get them from Gigi instead. When Banfield's on-air story aired, there were additional details he and Gigi weren't familiar with. Here's how the New York Times got involved. Mike Baker contacted Gigi after News Nation stories aired during the second vetting process before Banfield's on-air story. Baker had his own conversation with the source, not clear if Gigi directed him to the source. Baker got the same vetting doc as News Nation, but the source sent Baker's documents with new info. I'm assuming the stalker in WSU investigating into it. After speaking with the source, Baker called Gigi to clarify a few things. Gigi's friend has no clue whether the other sources mentioned in the article are Baker and his editor, who they are. Baker and his editor went through a couple of rounds of revisions before the article was published. Gigi's friend then said in later videos he's going to explain the conclusions that made sense to him because he, too, had a lot of questions about the letter. He also said he's going to explain WSU's response in light of FERPA. What FERPA is, it's, uh, it means that it's not protected information that's being given out at a university uh, as far as staffing or if you're a federal aid program gets cut then Gigi goes on she's incredibly unhinged and spends most of her half preaching in uncomprehensible circles about doing the right thing before sobbing about the victims and talking about them like she knew them but here's what stood out to me she said she'd be hurt if this letter hadn't found its way to her she'd been following big platforms to get the letter info but was but it was held from her said it's not about the physical document of the letter, but more about the dates. Years ago, she wanted to be viral. WSU didn't mail the letter to BK. Because of the gag order, people like me had to stand up because the families can't. 
said, if I had to let the family share it, you wouldn't believe it. Before this YouTube video, she posted on her TikTok that she was going to reveal the identity of the source, but admitted that that was clickbait. She said, News Nation loves Xana's mom so much. Some of these comments right here are gold, so I'm going to read some of them before we move on to our next story. Why is this source sharing this with her and only her? Of all the TikTokers on this crime, why would a source go to her? And why did News Nation decide to contact her? Maybe I'm missing something. But I've been, I've not been able to follow a single sentence she's ever spoken. There's a, a I want to call her Twitterer. She's she's on YouTube a little bit. I tried to talk with her, Lucy Sleuthy, Goosey Sleuthy, Lucy. How does it go? I tried to contact her, but she hasn't returned my emails. She's an expert on this, but does this really even matter, everybody? This is just the crazy train right here. Just like Justin going out and saying that Dylan was trans and he was the one that she chose to say she was trans, even though it's been documented that she's not. The crazy train. This is what we're on right now. It's going to get worse. People in front of, in front of their... That house doing TikTok videos, the crazy train. Ashley Banfield, to a degree, is also on the crazy train because she needs some kind of information. Somebody standing up and lying about something, then another YouTuber going to an interview about it, and then 17 other YouTubers talking about what happened. It's a crazy train, and not one shed of truth has been talked about or showed. It was just something that somebody pulled out of their derriere. So, it's a crazy train. But the fact that News Nation would be so slack on their sources just goes to show you that they're on the crazy train too. How long will this continue, everybody? But this is what the algorithms want. This is what you want as a viewer. Am I wrong? Is this not what you, is this talking to me too? This is what we want as a viewer, right? I want to know anything, any possible thing. Now we put a pin in it here and then we come back to it. Oh, by the way, the Justin interview, put a pin in it, checked it out. It was all fake. I mean, I could tell you that from the cease and desist that people were losing their mind about. I know some people lost their mind in here about it. Ah, the nervous voice of reason. Gigi, the YouTuber's version of events claims Credit for the News Nation and New York Times stories. Without providing one shred of proof, these communications even occurred. By proof, I mean credible evidence. Anybody can fake texts and emails or other voicemails and recorded Zoom meetings. That's an issue, too. Did this even really happen? Did Banfield even talk to her? Was there a News Nation producer that even talked to her? She hasn't shown any proof. Why does it matter anyway? Craziness, 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 guys. We've got, we've got a lot more crazy for you. Oh, uh, let's see. All right, we're almost ready for Murdaugh. Before, I got two Murdaughs. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm going to talk about Madeline McCain a little bit. Before I do that, I'm going to go to my voicemail messages right now. If you guys want to talk about something sleuthy, go- sleuthy Goosey, yes. Sleuthy Goosey, 
Well, she comes here sometimes. All right, let me play this voicemail message. I'll go ahead and open up the phone lines too. Why not? Hey, I just wanted to call in because that video broke my heart. Um, that's unacceptable. Nobody in any profession should ever treat anybody like that. That woman was obviously alone, scared, struggling, and in the end, she dies. She did. How can anybody not see that? And it's disgusting because it does happen. People don't have family. People don't have loved ones. I've held their hands, and they died while I was holding their hands because nobody else was there for them or had been there to visit them. So people, please don't treat others like this, no matter where you are or who you are or how much money you have or what your job is. It's just not acceptable. And I'm just, if they're not held accountable, just please put in the comments, Minute Radio, please put what hospital that is, what city, what the state. The full article. Because this cannot just go down without them having repercussions and getting held accountable for this. It's just beyond me. No. The police department says they're conducting internal investigation. The DA says no, no charges will be filed. That means against the police or against the hospital. So that's very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Uh, I almost want to put in a poll. So I will, because I can do that. I want to put in a poll. This who is more accountable, the hospital or the police. And she's a person. I'll tell you this right now. When people are killed and she was murdered, people are murdered in this way, which was careless disregard. And there's people in the government involved. Nothing happens. And it's unfortunate. Who is more accountable for Lisa Edwards' death? I commit this poll to you, chat room. There you have it. I have one more voicemail. I'm going to go ahead and play that. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone line because I feel like doing that right now. Let me go ahead. Hey, Jerry, that was a um, great hey, show yesterday or the day before. I suppose this will be played next show. Um, yeah, I thought it was so entertaining, the back and forth, and I reckon you might have won. Not that you were fighting for a win or a lose, but um, just got a bit silly with him. Thanks, Jerry. See you, mate. Actually, there at the end, I was just trying to say funny things to make Cindy Herring pee her pants. I know. I'm a bad boy. All right, let's... Uh, 
Oh, yeah. I said I was going to open up the phone lines. If you guys would like to talk about some of the things we went over tonight, if you think the Idaho murders coverage here on YouTube or on News Nation, which would be a cable news network or just streaming, I'm not sure. If you think it's going sideways on the crazy train, you can call in and give me your opinion on that. If you want to talk about Lisa Edwards and the disturbing video we just seen, then I want to have that conversation with you. The phone line is now open. The number is 325-261-0892. Other than that, I have some news stories I want to cover right now. If you call in, I'll stop it and we'll have a conversation. It was a big story 16 years ago. A little girl disappearing in Portugal. Now a woman is claiming on social media she is the missing British toddler, Madeline McCann. We have a picture of who claims to be a 21-year-old, Julia Faustina of Poland. Uh, She became wildly popular on social media this month when she started posting on Instagram under the handle, I am Madeline McCann. Just this week, she just suggested that Kate and Jerry McCann agree to take a DNA test. But is this a solved mystery? Or is this an imposter? Let's bring in forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Daniel Bober. Uh, Dr. Bober, thank you for being with me right now. Uh, McCann's parents, uh, really, they want her to take the DNA test, it sounds like, versus them providing her with any data. Uh, First, what... Uh, What difference does that make? What are the chances that something like this could actually happen? It's a $45 test. Come on. Well, listen, most things are possible, right? Um, And this story is filled with sensationalism and wild speculation. But my question is, let's not forget, two parents lost their child. So if I'm Julia Faustina, why wouldn't I contact them privately? Or why wouldn't I call Scotland Yard or some police department and do it anonymously? Why would I post it all over social media? So I question her motivations. Now, that doesn't mean that she's not McCann, but it certainly casts doubt on it. And, and, you know, could it be a result of the trauma that she faced? Apparently, I'm I'm reading reports that... What they don't have is the other kind of thing she's been posting on there. Okay, you're Madeline McCann. Well, which I always thought was pronounced McCain because that's what they used to say. But it's another Mandela moment. Uh, what else has she been posting on there? What about her captors? Why? Is she, what is she doing? Where is she at in Poland? She doesn't remember any of her childhood, oh, uh, which no, no, is kind of dubious, yeah. um, but could certainly be the case if somebody had gone through extreme torment or mental anguish or emotional sadness. Absolutely. Dissociative amnesia is a real phenomenon, and there's MRI evidence to back that up. People who go through serious trauma can have repressed memories because the... All right, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you guys can see the rest of that. So I don't want to play the whole thing. This one's disturbing. Several local police agencies partnered with the FBI to arrest dozens of suspected online child sex predators. Good evening. I'm Clarice Tinsley. 59 suspects were arrested between mid-January and last Friday following a months-long investigation. Police say nearly 30 children were victimized. Fox 4 Stephen Dial talked with a Plano detective who was one of the lead investigators. Stephen. Clarice investigators say the victims in this case, children as young as infant ages, and also the lead investigator for the Plano Police Department telling us they initially got information and tips about this from sites like Facebook and Google. Hmm. Sadness, to be quite honest with you, uh, to have uh, that many individuals who are exploiting children in our communities uh, 
you know, uh, is, is a terrible thing. The plane only- We had a discussion about this on last show, so I'm playing it other than it's very alarming, disturbing, something happened in, in my state, not too far from me, by the way. We talked about the amount of public figures, you know, people in the fire department, people in the police department being involved, people in uh, child protective services being involved in uh, child exploitation rings like this more right now. When Dallas police departments announced the arrest of 59 people, the vast majority men, Operation Jan is targeting the... The vast majority are men. All right, let's fact check this right now. I see... There's one woman. Duh. One, uh, 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 two, verified. Online sexual exploitation of children. More than a dozen other law enforcement agencies, including the FBI, were involved. Jeff Rich is the detective handling the Plano side of the case. The electronic service providers, the uh, the. Um, uh, services that you might use on your cell phone or your computers uh, detect contraband material on their servers and they report that uh, to the National Center for Missing and Exploited well, Children who then uh, forward that information to uh, the affected law enforcement agencies. Most Good. of the 59 arrested oh, have been woman. charged with Three possession women. of child pornography. Investigators say 28 children were victimized. As for their oh, ages... From infants to um, preteens to... Uh, pubescent children among those arrested are multiple people in what rich calls positions of trust some of them educators suspect michael newhouse jr is charged with possession of child pornography and possession of lewd visual materials mckinney isd confirmed to fox 4 newhouse was a substitute teacher at two middle schools in the district brandon Froning was arrested in january he was a teacher at parish episcopal lower school in dallas the school told parents his alleged crimes did not involve students at the school. Jesse McFall worked saint. for Dallas Fire and Rescue and was arrested say. last month. McFall is charged with possession of child pornography. The name of the mission, Janus, comes from Roman mythology and the two-faced God who looks to the future and the past. We see the worst of society, the darkness in society, and to be able to shine a light into that darkness and, and rescue these children I think is hugely important. That's horrible. I kind of want to know the story of some of the women that were involved. That'd be interesting. Just in my opinion. Right, folks, this is Roy Link. He's one of our volunteers. Like a a you know, volunteering for the search. I actually had my boat hooked up to my truck this morning. I was going fishing. Something told me, no, got to do this. So um, I was, uh, you know, in the right place at the right time. I, um, like I said, I'm a former Marine. For those of you don't know, there was a uh, two-year-old, J.J. Rowland, that was missing, but he was found. This is a good ending to the story. But also, I'm a former county employee, 32 years with Hernando County Parks Department as a supervisor. And uh, just all this stuff, you know, I knew Ernie Weaver Park real good. So I came in from that direction and headed south. And uh, I went across a, a field um, of grass. I came up on some woods. And uh, I listened good. I heard like a whimpering kind of noise. And uh, 
So sad. At that point, I was like, there's no other kids here. It's got to be JJ. So sure enough, I went in the woods and about 100 feet from where I was at, he was, I think he was in some stickers. There's a lot of stickers and all there, but uh, he was happy to see me. You know, he put his arm, his hands up and he, uh, he was real happy. And then um, he wanted, he wanted mom. <laughs> he started hollering for mom, but uh uh, the deputy showed up. I guess I made a friend real quick because he hung on to me. He didn't want to go to anybody, you know, until his parents showed up. So it's just a blessing in disguise. You know, it could have been anybody here, but, you know, got to thank the Lord. That's number one. Just what was your reaction? I'm going to stop it right there. The boy's been found. That is great, great, great news of a young son, too. So I can imagine how that would be. This is another disturbing video. I'll play it for you right now. Very disturbing about hospitals. Hospitals. Anything just worries me when he's, I feel like he's breathing a little weird. As the mom of a newborn baby, Consuela Saravia worries like most mothers about her little one. But it was baby Nico's time in the NICU at Good Samaritan Hospital in West Islip that has shaken Consuelo. It was heartbreaking too. Like I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't even sleep. Nico's dad was recording him crying through the window of the nursery when he captured this. A nurse roughly picking up Nico, slamming him face first back into the bassinet. I don't know, it just broke me. I I know what to do. He showed Consuelo the video and she confronted the nurse. I told her, I'm like, I don't want you to touch my child. Like, you just slammed him. And then she was like, oh, no, no. If you think I mishandled him or anything, I'm sorry. Consuelo showed the video to other nurses and administrators, though it pained her to watch the video again and again. In a statement, a hospital spokesperson said immediate action was taken, including an investigation and terminating the individual involved. Keeping our patients safe remains our paramount concern. Oh, let me answer that. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? My name is Virginia Schaefer. Hello, Virginia. What's on your mind? I am watching your video right now of that woman that the hospital threw out. Yes. And I am absolutely disgusted. I think both the hospital and the police department should be charged. This poor woman. And I can't believe that your, your, your viewers are actually, you know, oh, I, I, I just, I'm with I don't you. know what's I'm with going you on in on the that. world today. Some of them didn't want to see it. They wanted to see something about Ashley Banfield. Why are you playing this about the woman? Some of them said. Yeah, you know what? Screw her. A very well, small we hear, but, uh, we hear enough from her. This is right here. This is just, uh, uh, like you said, this is scary. This is just, I don't know. These, these, oh, I, I'm so disturbed right now that I can't even talk. And I love your show. But thank you for, thank you for sharing this. Thank you for showing it because, you know, more people should be aware of this kind of crap. I'm going to put all the information in the show notes so you know the officers involved and you know the uh, hospital. We'll know everything but the doctor that signed off for her to leave. It's disturbing, and people don't care. This is a woman that their actions directly killed because they didn't even give her half-ass yeah. care. I was looking right. at her from the video, and I could tell she was not faking. Oh No, absolutely not. And even if she was, they're still negligent. 
You know, they you, you don't know one way or another. Does a, what you you would do is believe her rather than not believe her, right? You, I would have if I was there. I would have tried to act helpful. I wouldn't have been mean to her, saying, "I just want a cup of coffee and oatmeal." I, I, these you know these these men, I they're not men. And the DA said there would be no charges filed. That's why they released yeah, the video. And that's just crazy too. You know, I. I whew. <laughs> Nothing from the only thing from the hospital said from this, and this is where I'm at now because we just now played the picture of the little baby that the hospital worker threw down into the you know brand new what yeah a newborn baby, the hospital worker in the nursery just slammed her into the bassinet, and the, you gotta be kidding me. Nope, that's coming up. If what you, you seem like you're about you're behind a little bit, the little baby was yeah. fine, but this this uh, hospital put out a public sent a statement saying that they're all about keeping their families safe and, you know, their patients safe and they terminated her employment, but there's zero done for the lady that was murdered. Oh my God. Right in front of the hospital. This is so sad. This is just so sad that uh, that hospital needs to be shut down. That police department needs to be investigated to, to the, to the, to the back. Now they did say that, uh, the DA said no charges are being filed, but the police department said they are doing an internal investigation. With the hospital? No, for the police department officers. Oh, for the police department. Okay. But All nobody's right. put on leave or anything. Well, yeah, this, this woman could be alive if these these people, oh, and I, I say, I use that word very lightly, people, for the, referring to them. They're all a bunch of monsters. Well, I don't want to keep too much of your time, but I thank you for taking my call and thank you for, for showing this. Well, thank you. I appreciate you calling. Have a good evening. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. I'd like to thank her for calling. I'm going to go in my settings here. Check on something. If you guys want to call about some of these topics we're going over, I would love to talk to you about it. I'd love to know what you're thinking. Are you thinking along the lines of me? I got an email right here. All right, so apparently this is from somebody that it says Knoxville Police Department. Um, let me play this for you. This is about this, what we're going over right now. All right. Okay, this is a story. All right. Edwards stop pulling it up for you. Lisa Edwards about the Lisa Edwards story. Here we go. Thank you guys for sending me stuff as we're live. I appreciate it so much. You guys are the best. Says the body camera video showing the 60 year old being detained was quote absolutely disgusting. Edwards died at Fort Sanders Regional Medical Center earlier this up. month and yesterday as we showed you we got a look at that video released by Knoxville police. She was arrested on trespassing charges when she refused to leave the hospital. An autopsy determined that Edwards died of a stroke hours after collapsing in the back of a police cruiser. Tonight we spoke with Lisa Edwards family about her and the incident. Her daughter-in-law tells us the situation should have been handled differently on all sides and that the video shows clear signs of Edwards having a stroke. Absolutely disgusted, sick to my stomach the whole time and, and for hours upon hours afterwards. Um, it, it, I mean, 
being a family member, obviously it's hard to watch being a registered nurse. It's extremely hard to watch, you know, um, and on multiple occasions, you know, people keep saying things in, like in the video and uh, Blunt Memorial Hospital, you know, saying that she was faking things. Like, I, I honestly, I mean, I am a registered nurse, so I am educated in recognizing things, but I don't think it takes a medical professional to see that she did not have use of her left side. I, I don't know how somebody can fake that kind of di disability and um, especially like, you know, the atrophy to her muscles on the left side. You can't fake that. I know if we would have treated her like they treated her, we would be locked up right now. Or if I treated someone the way they treated her, I'd be in jail right now, headed to prison. Oldest boy. These officers, oh, they may not hard. be medically trained, but, and I don't know exactly what their They're policies all supposed are, to be. but CPR. I mean, you don't have to be a medical professional to know what the signs of stroke are. And you can see that in her, you know, start to finish her speech is com completely changes from start to finish. It is important to note that since Edwards died of natural causes, we're told there will be no criminal charges filed against the Knoxville police officers involved. Fort Sanders Regional has now released a statement after what oh. happened. It says in part the hospital has been in contact with Ms. Edwards' family and expressed our sorrow soon after their loss. Although we cannot comment on specific details, patients are not discharged from the emergency room unless they are stable. End quote. Yeah, right. As of now, there is no lawsuit filed against the hospital or KPD. All right, there you have it, everybody. Nothing to see here. They were just following procedure. I saw the procedure. New here at 5 o'clock, a Knoxville man facing life All in right. prison, convicted of... See what they got going on here. I want to play every story they have on me. No, not going to do it. I got one more story, and this, this is disturbing to me too, talking about liability. I know some of you don't care about the train derailment, but I'm telling you, once the government comes in, they step in and say, hey, 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 man, do me a favor and sign this uh, waiver for me that nobody's in trouble. That something's up. Don't Respond say to Rich McHugh, who was also in East Palestine. And Rich, you've been looking into Norfolk Southern, the actual train company. Yep. Good evening, Nicole. That's right. So there's new scrutiny on Norfolk Southern, the, the train company, and their, their safety record over the past years. But there's also scrutiny over how they're handling this locally. I spoke to a couple just a little bit ago who wanted their home tested to see if it was the contaminated because they live close to the site. Uh, Norfolk Southern basically asked them to sign a hold harmless agreement, which would indemnify them. The couple refused. Take a look. It's nothing that a person could ever imagine experiencing. Uh, from one day going um, to a beautiful place, a beautiful home, multiple businesses, uh, one day, and it's, it's beautiful and it's thriving, to the next day feeling like you have absolutely nothing. It's surreal. Caitlin Schwartzwalder and her boyfriend Chris Wells live just down the tracks from where the train derailed and the toxic chemicals released, upending their lives. I have symptoms myself. I know other people have been having symptoms. Um, my symptoms have been uh, like my eyes pulsating, uh, headaches, uh, tinglingness a little bit. They helped maintain police dogs and had to transport over 30 from their home. Four, they say, got sick. 
And this was the water they pulled from around their property after the chemical release. Last week, Caitlin says that Norfolk Southern, the company that operated the train. You know, the governor went there and he drank some of the water. I I wonder if he get a little bit of that water in that man's yard. And came to the door to test for toxins in their home. But before they could, they would need to sign this document. We were told that they were an independent testing agency. Before they could enter the premises, they handed us a contract. Um, The contract was essentially, you know, to um, be able to get onto the property. uh, But also at the bottom was a hold harmless agreement. It states that upon signature, the landowner agrees to hold harmless the company for any and all legal claims, personal injury or property damage. She refused to sign. So if I get this straight, Norfolk Southern essentially uh-huh. asked you to sign a harmless agreement in exchange for testing? Correct. And you did not sign? Correct. Would they give you the, the paper? They did not give us the paper. I asked if I could take a physical picture with my cell phone of the paper, and I did. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance is outraged. We, don't we, say. we contacted Norfolk Southern right away, and the answer that they gave us, not joking, was that was an accidental indemnification agreement. We didn't mean to give her that one. We gave her the wrong one. Okay? Uh-huh. Come on. It all raises serious questions about Norfolk Southern and their history of safety. The communities that these products are running through, they should be made aware of what's going through their backyard. It shouldn't be a mystery. The government's your friend. It's here for you. The big companies that they work with, it's okay. As to what's inside the tank. Do what you're told. Obey. Car. In fact, Norfolk Southern has had 111 freight train accidents in the last year. Your government loves you. The policeman is your friend and so is the hospital employees. Who are you going to believe, them or your lying eyes? 125 the year prior, making them one of the worst in terms of safety. Norfolk Southern didn't come to the town hall last night. Um, How do you feel about that? Uh, From what I've been told, they are worried about their safety, but they're not worried about our safety. Now, Caitlin says that several hundred of her neighbors did sign this, despite the fact that she didn't sign it. I asked Norfolk Southern if they wish to comment. They have yet to respond. Nicole? Thank you for watching. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to make a comment. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this right now, it's Midnight Radio. I appreciate you tuning in. Do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit that like button if you're still in there and you like the things we're going over, the things we're going, that we're getting out to you, things that you might not hear in other places. We have a big list of news stories that we go over every night. We go over the main ones. But we go over ones you might not have heard before. That's what we do here. We go over some wild-ass speculations. We call those WAS. We go over some crazy-ass speculations. That's C-A-S, CAS, tame-ass speculations. See, we go over everything, whether it's true or not, as long as it's out there. We put a pin in it. We come back to it later. Some of it's fraudulent within 24 hours, like Justin's testimony. But that's okay. That's what we do here. All right, we're not claiming things are true when they're not, but we discuss them all. That's what we do here. If you like that kind of thing, subscribe. If you don't, hit subscribe and troll me in the troll room. And good luck. Let's talk about the Murdoch case right now. If any of you guys would like to talk about any, any of the things we've discussed tonight, whether it was a 60-year-old lady that was murdered by the police in front of our very eyes, but they're okay, according to the DA, that was standard procedure, 325-261-0892 or the little baby that was slammed in the bassinet. But at least that hospital fired her like she didn't get a vaccination or something. Do you think Do you think that maybe if the hospital 
which is still the policy in all the hospitals, if they're letting people go just because they won't get a certain vaccine, do you think they're losing from the medical field the good people who care and the people who don't are left? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just not thinking right. But it seems like a bad idea to to do something like that. All right, let me go ahead. Let's go on the Murdoch trial, talk about it a little bit. Uh, let's see. I don't know how I got that. This is one of my favorite uh, stories right here about the Murdoch trial, and it's ridiculous. I'll play it for you right now. How many of you guys have been watching the Murdoch trial this week? With breaking news. Breaking news. We have breaking news right now here at 11 o'clock. Alec Murdoch has been hit with a new charge. A new Jail charge. records out of Carlton County show deputies have charged Murdoch with a new misdemeanor. The details of the charge aren't clear, though, at this time. Not but clear. as soon as we learn more, be sure to bring it to you live right here on air and online and keep you updated as well. He's been with charged with something news. new. They think they don't know what the hell it is, but blah, blah, blah. There you go. Midnight Radio Line, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? My name is Debbie, or um, in the chat, I'm crying sleeping. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What state are you calling us from? I'm Oklahoma. Oh, good. I used to live there for a while. How can I help you? Cool. I just saw somebody in chat say they're fellow Elkie. Dilly Pickles. Hello. Um... The Murdoch trial. I mean, everything that you're showing tonight is great. I'm a brand new sub. Really loving your content tonight. Glad you found us. The story with a lady. Oh, my goodness. It just came up as a recommendation on YouTube. Good. Glad they're recommending Yeah, I want to hit live. Yeah, I want to hit live. It showed up. So that's one of the choices. So you've been following the Murdoch um, trial? Oh, yeah. I have not missed a day. Have you watched the, the documentary yet? I'm actually on episode two. Okay. I haven't had a whole lot of TV time. <laughs> I, I've heard that. I might start it tonight. The first episode, there's so many pictures of the family and Paul and um, even Alex. Like nobody's seen really, really good photos. And the story, this the first one was on Mallory. So that's really good. Have you been watching the trial live this week when he's actually testifying? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Catch us up. Um, I lied. I stole. I know it was wrong, but I didn't kill my family. You're caught up. <laughs> I mean, that's just basically what he kept repeating over and over. Um, I heard that there was a point I that he, he said he admitted to lying about his alibi, but he didn't kill his family. Yeah. Hang on just a second. Ah, sorry. <laughs> right. um, my Alexa goes off constantly. I have a baking timer that's about to go off too, so I hope that's not annoying. Okay, so yes, he did say that. Um, how could you listen? This trial is. How could you be on? As the uh, jury, you're sitting there. You hear him saying, "Yes, I lied about. He's lied about everything in his life." And him saying, admitting he lied about his alibi and thinking. Well, that he I didn't really, I really think, 
I really think so. That the state messed up with bringing in all the financial stuff. I know that's all bad, and I know it smeared his character and showed he's you know a lying liar face who tells lies, which is a friend of mine on YouTube says that mm-hmm. about him. Um, but I don't think it proves enough. I don't think it proves motive. Um, I think they should have went with the theory that a lot of us agree on. I think they should have went. To the, they should have just left all the financial stuff out and stuck with what happened that night, and then had the theory because they can put any theory out there that they want. Mm-hmm. They can show that he was there. What if Paul and or Maggie found another stash of his out at the kennel, and he snapped? I think that that theory is a lot more believable than killing them to hide or postpone financial crimes. I think that was dumb. I thought about the exact same thing you just said. And I read or came up with this, that how much money that he stole and how much he needed. And he was trying to get a $600,000 loan. And on then, June 3rd. Mm-hmm. On June 3rd. And all this is true. And then he didn't have he didn't have life insurance on his wife, right? I don't know why he didn't, but he did have life insurance on his son. He didn't really need life insurance on Maggie because if she passed away, then he got everything that was in her name and in her trust. That's so right. So that alone That's was right. millions of dollars. Exactly. So it's like... Well, there's your motive. They had so to bring up his financial. They had to bring up his financial crimes because his financial oh, crimes, well, and that they were exposed, were the reasons he needed the money, and getting rid of his family for him would have been a reason, a way to get the money. It just seems so. It, it it was convoluted and muddied the waters for the jury. It really, really did. Um, mm-hmm. Even just yesterday, there was a juror who literally put tissues in her ears and wow. a blanket over her head. She's over it. Wow, I'd take her out and replace and her if I was the judge. The, the same day, another juror, when he was crying, passed him a tissue box. I mean, they're, they're turning to him because the state muddied the waters. So The state has not done a good job. Even though that establishes a motive, the financial crimes, you're saying it still muddies the waters, and even if they put all that away and it just focused on everything after the financial aspects, he would look more guilty and it would be less confusing. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. If they would have just focused on that night because they could prove that he was there, that he lied about it. Um, I know that they put the time of death at kind of a range from 8.50 to 10 p.m. However, all activity on their phones, steps and activity stopped at 8.50, 8.49. Nothing happened on the phones after that. For a while, I thought, well, maybe they were being held at my gunpoint, and then they were killed after he left. But, I don't know, that just seems way too out there. Um, I think it's more likely that, you know, she she was made to come down there. She didn't want to be down there. She wanted to be in Edisto, and but she came, and I bet you they had a fight over the pills again because he was constantly lying to her. And Paul, the little detective, about pills. Weren't they both? Weren't they both disposed of with different weapons? 
Um, yes, they, yeah, okay. two different weapons were used. So yeah. I would I would say this: if let's say they were both murdered with a shotgun or a, a rifle, well, I could understand that, or maybe just a pistol. I can understand that because you're going out there to the dog kennels, and where this is, maybe there's a snake or something, or you know, you just wanted to have a little protection when you go out there. But with two different weapons, that makes me a little more suspicious. You know that this wasn't planned. Right. Well, I think the the weapons were already on the golf course on the golf cart. Okay. And he says he drove the golf cart down there. He admitted that he was on the golf cart that had the guns on it earlier in the evening with Paul. He admitted that. That the guns when the police got there were not on the golf cart. Exactly. He's and making nobody it, has brought that up. He he's making he's making it harder too because I don't know. What would it be a worse charge if Yeah, I don't know. Where are the weapons? Where are the weapons? No one Where is talking about that. Right. And no one even yeah, has it's a... it's really weird. No one even has and they didn't, a theory about it. They didn't... Yeah, well, that was the part of the problem. The very first night, the police on the second body cam, they were saying amongst themselves that it appeared to be a murder-suicide, that Alec came home, found them, and took away the weapon that Paul used. They believed that night that it was a murder-suicide. They didn't suspect him at all the first night. That's where they went wrong. They just let him go wherever he wanted to go, didn't check him out, didn't treat him like a suspect. So he would have had Nothing. plenty of time. Okay, that answers the question for me. Yeah, he had hours after that, after the police were there. He didn't leave the house until 4 o'clock in the morning with his family his brother and son and somebody else. But then they claim, Buster claims that they came back at 6.30 in the morning before Blanca conveniently, and Buster and Alex and the girlfriend took a shower and left, and that they're the ones who left the mess that Blanca found when she came at 7.30. I just found that a little too, too convenient. Why would you leave at 4 o'clock in the morning and come back two and a half hours later from your parents' house to take a shower. Where your wife and son was killed. I'd be terrified to go there. I'd be heartbroken. I'd be, who cares about a shower anyway, two and a half hours later. It was just all way too sus. I'll tell you this, if something like that happened to me, I would be sitting on the couch for hours not knowing how much time passed. Right. Yeah, it's all insane. And none of it makes any sense. And that's part of the problem. There's too many moving parts for the jury to sort out, and they have no notes. How are they going to sort it out? I mean, of course, they'll have access to a lot of the evidence, but where are they going to start? Do you think he did? There's going to be. I think he did. If you were I think the, he did. I just think. If you were on the jury, would you have a shadow of a doubt? If I was on the jury, I would, I would probably end up a hung jury. Because the state only has circumstantial evidence, and they really have not proven that he did it. They may have proven that he was a lying liar face who tells lies, like um, my friend says, but, and he was a cad, and he was a jerk, all those things. You can be all of those things and still not, it's just still not enough, that's legally where, speaking. That's where I was, exactly that same place, and then... 
He lied about his alibi and then admitted to lying about his alibi. That's what murderers do. People right. that don't murder do not well, lie about their alibi 100% of the Well, I can't say that. If he was well, lying, that's the thing, though. I, addicts lie. You addicts do get paranoid. I believed his story about the addicts, about um, being paranoid. I truly believe that. I know that's crazy because I think he did it. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense if you've ever known an addict. I guess that does make and sense. And he brought in, he brought in his distrust of sled, and that will sway the jury as well. Because they did lie to the grand jury about several pieces of evidence, especially the um, the blood splatter on the shirt. That never happened. That's horrible. And that doesn't look good to a jury. So I don't know what's going to happen for sure, but I, you know, knowing and proving are two different things. So, you know, like you can know that your spouse is cheating on you, but you you need proof, right? Before you're going to freak out and confront them. True, but you you know, statistically speaking, ninety nine percent of the time, if a woman thinks her man's cheating, he has or is. (laughs) That's true, but still, you're not going to act like a crazy woman and confront them if you don't actually have some kind of proof. I just think that that's, I don't know, at least I wouldn't, but I don't know. I think that they've really dropped the ball on this. And, you know, the state, for example, the very first, um, they get their very first go at Alex and they spent the entire day speaking about financial stuff. They didn't even bring up the murder the entire day. All day. Yeah, they're just attacking his credibility as a person, yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. a major part of their um, their whole... And I think they're wrong. It's motivation, yeah. I just think they're wrong. I really think that they're wrong in the motive. Because I guarantee you, Maggie would have stood by her man if he'd been arrested for financial crimes. She would have stood by him. Because, you know, look, if, even if he'd been convicted... She would have then got all of his money, all the property. Everything would then go to her. He'd have to sign over, you know, POA to her. You know, She'd I, be better off if he got arrested. Do we know yet that if she, did she know about all the financial crime yet? She, Before she died. He says, that, he says that she didn't. I don't know. There's no proof that she did. There's no proof that she, I know there's a rumor going around that she went to go, um, speak with an attorney about divorce. Mm-hmm. There's no proof about that. None. I would, I would like to see that part because it seems to me on, you know, the basis of what you were saying, maybe that was the final blow up was they find out, they found out about the drugs and they found out about the financial crimes. Yeah. I mean, maybe she got a call from, because she was friends with some of the wives at the law firm, you know, she may have heard through the grapevine somehow about what happened earlier in the day, because that was the big day at work when he was confronted. She might have either overheard him talking about it, you know, or she heard it from a friend. That and also, if she heard about, well, she knew about the drugs, maybe she wondered, hey, well, I didn't notice any money coming out of this account or this account for drugs. Let me look around. Yeah, there's no telling what she found. And Paul, like he says, the little detective, I don't know. I think that the motive goes more to the drugs, more towards the drug issue than anything else. Like Maggie's gonna, she's she's like, 
freaking out at that point because no matter how close they watch him, he testified that they had been watching him like a hawk. That was his word. And addicts don't like that. And they will freak out on you if you find their stash. But I think that's what happened. He probably had a big old bag of pills hidden down at the kennel, and they found him. But you wouldn't convict him when if they were you're, But you wouldn't convict him if you're in the jury. No, not unless they have that as their motive. I would believe that. I could wrap my head around that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but they're, you're right, but they're not presenting that. I see what Correct. you're saying. Right. I appreciate yep. your calling Yeah, they in. have not brought that up. Yeah, no problem. I will. I will be in chat. Got to get my stuff out of the oven. Yeah, I hope I I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, Good you're evening. fine. You too. Thank you. Bye. Guys, I was really worried about burning uh, Cindy Herring's lasagna the other day. Let me play this clip right here about the Murdoch trial. If you guys want to call in and talk to me about this or anything else we've had this this show, I'd really love to talk to you about it. This that's what this show is: is a conversation with you. It's not about me prognosticating about how awesome I am and my keen deductive abilities. It's a conversation to say, hey, what do we think about this, guys? You guys are my friends, and these are the conversations we have. 325-261-0892. I got some good news for you before I play this Murdoch clip. We have hired a booker, a booking agent here on Midnight Radio. Her name is Colleen. She's booking guests for us on the show. I'm not, And she already has some booked. We have, and they're good. Guys, these are on my list of, of uh, people I've been wanting to interview for some time. But I hadn't had the time. It's almost like a one-man band here, plus the radio station we have coming up. So, exciting stuff. Let me answer this phone call. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hi. I just wanted to say that Mags and Pawpaw have been talking to Roro, Stanky Leg, Little Jimmy, and Fathead, who have about the pill pills, and from Handsome and Jibble Dabble, who told Bus Bus and MM, and they threatened to call the Popo on the talkie talkie. Nancy, is that you? That was Nancy Grace, everybody. You take this gun or any gun like it and shoot your son, Paul, in the chest in the feed room at your property off Moselle Road. No, I did not. Mr. Murdy, did you take this gun or any gun like it and blow your son's brains out on June 7th or any day or any time? No, I did not. Did you take a 300 blackout such as this and fire it into your wife Maggie's? leg, torso, or any part of her body? No, I did not. Did you shoot a 300 blackout into her head, causing her death? Mr. Griffin, I didn't shoot my wife or my son anytime, mm. ever. Let's bring in Dr. Lillian Glass, a body language expert and communications consultant. So the clip we just saw of Murdoch saying he did not kill his wife and son, He's very firm in his language, but there are a lot of people who have speculated that it appears as though he's nodding in a yes motion while saying no Body language, with his guys. lips. What do you read into this? The body doesn't lie. And what's happening is he's saying, I didn't do it, but yet his head is nodding yes. And that is very revealing from a body language point of view because it happens internally in the brain. And this is what's going on that in the 
uh, centers of the brain that control emotion. This is Are you guys buying any of this? This is really what's coming out that the shaking of the head yes is very disturbing. It's it's for some people they might see it as so minute almost like he's appearing to say I understand the question, I understand the question. But I want to also show him nodding when he was listening to parts of the 911 call that he made the night of the murder. So uh, if we could play that. Please hurry. We're getting somebody out there to you. So you see him making that very nervous uh, gesture, uh, almost seeming to rock back and forth a little bit. Uh, I know that... Do you guys wonder, just hearing this guy talk, how did this guy ever graduate law school? He has said that he was paranoid because of his drug use. We know that he was a heavy drinker, and he invested a lot of money into opioids. Even though he went to rehab, even though he's been in jail and not being provided... And what about that... opioid addiction and all the money they say he spent on it. Do you think it's possible he actually spent that much on opioids? Or do you think there's something missing? Is there some kind of trafficking operation that was going on and this guy was sober as a church mouse? Provided that kind of uh, drug stimulation. Would that have affected his body language presentation, especially after such prolonged use of drugs and alcohol? Not at all, because he's not on drugs right now and what you're seeing is the behavior right now and he's nodding his head he's also got cotton mouth you know he's putting his tongue to his teeth and so his mouth is dry he's very uncomfortable in the situation there's no doubt about it and uh he to relive it oh boogers oh boogers it it is disturbing when you see somebody's body language that's incongruent that doesn't i don't see any tears but his nose verbalization it's very disturbing and it tells you a lot. And I know that in, in preparing for this interview, you know, there were things where he, there's mucus coming from his nose and his eyes. And there's at some points he's eyes? wiping that away, but at other points he's just leaving it there. And you're saying that that's not a normal human response. And how does that read from a body language standpoint? Well, it's a normal human response for a three-year-old or a two-year-old, you know. Oh, she went there. All right, so I asked a question about the drugs, and someone said, I believe trafficking, and I believe Sled knew, allegedly. Everything's alleged here. My ex-husband had that jaw muscle mouth tick going on. When anxious or nervous, he was emotionally disturbed. Yeah, like we're all comfortable sitting on on a stand being accused of murder. What an idiot response. Uh, Ban Van, good point. Grandpa Munster, I like that icon somebody else had a good comment up here saying papa backfired on him to leave your mucus there until your mother wipes it off but uh there were times in there where he's just uh not even emotional and you know he's dabbing himself dabbing his eyes so it's very inconsistent when you see his body language in terms of what he's saying and it, it makes some people feel a little uh questionable in terms of whether he's telling the truth or not. And and others would maybe say this is him crumpling at at the grief and at the weight of this horrific incident happening with his his wife and son, right? 
And those are people that... Oh, more boogers. Why are you doing it to me, guys? Language, because it is nuanced. Oh, they're showing all and the boogers over here. Away. And that's what tells you everything. You know, our body language is both an art and a science. And, and booger it's not language. just the body movement. Is she talking about... She's talking about us boogers as much as she is about his body language. It's the facial language. It's the uh, tone of voice. It's the content. The and when you put it all together, lie. you have the whole picture of what's going on. I spoke to another body language expert. And oh, you just boogered me again. She was saying how a person who is guilty will actually admit to some of the things that they did or lied about, weaving it into the story of their uh, conversation because they're trying to offload the burden of guilt and shame and anxiety they have over what they did. I thought it was interesting in one clip I saw uh, from his live testimony, he said, I would never intentionally hurt Maggie or Paul. And that word intentionally just stood out to me so clearly. And I said, as opposed to accidentally hurting them? Exactly. And when you look at the words that people say, it's it's so revealing. And as I said, there are four components to looking at body language. And one of them is the speech content. And when he speaks like that, it, it gives you a red flag. There's also another thing he does is he's in too much detail. He goes very much into detail, especially when he claimed he turned over his son when he saw him by his boot, by his um, belt loops. And that's very unusual. That's not something anyone would do. And then he says the phone dropped out and he picked up the phone. Too minute detail. And that's often a signal of deception in people. Dr. Lillian Glass, thank you very much uh, for your time with us this morning. Dr. Lillian Glass, everybody. All right, what else do I got for you? I think I just about that's all I have. I th oh, wait, no, I do have something for you. Hold on. share something with you real quick about something pulled up here all right i'm pulling up something from the discord right now if you guys are a member of midnight radio here if you're a midnighter or above you get access to our discord uh a midnighter's 499 and then we have our writing group our writing group is the midnight riders Guys, we are going to have a poll for you, Midnight Riders, to see if you want our writing workshop to be on the twenty to be on the twenty eighth or March the third. It'll be up to you. All right, let me pull this up real quick. In the Murdoch trial, here we go. All right, this is Nancy Grace reacts to Alex Murdoch's testimony. Let me turn up the volume here. Sally Thompson on Twitter. <laughs> she wrote it up the best. I cannot even take credit for that with a straight face. Ready? This is Alex Murdoch speaking. Mags and Pawpaw have been talking to Roro, Stanky Leg, Little Jimmy, and Fathead, who heard about the pill pills from Handsome and Dibble Dabble, who told Bus Bus and M, who threatened to call the Popo on the talkie talkie. I love That's that so Yep. I would have to uh, memorize you know, it and say it to the jury with a straight face. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Midnight Radio tonight. I appreciate it very much. I like to thank for I like to thank all of our executive producers and producers. If you donate to Midnight Radio, whether it is a super sticker, a super chat, or a super thanks here on YouTube, and you donate twenty dollars or more, you become an executive producer for the show. So I appreciate Lady Lisa for being the executive producer for tonight's show. And if you anything other, anything under $20, you're a producer. I'd like to thank 
Hot Ham and producer Jojo. Thank you guys very much. Keep this show on the air. All the money from this show does not go to me. It goes to one place and one place only, and that is our music radio license. That's right. We've got two of the music uh, radio licenses we need out of three. So it'll be a matter of days before we have them all, and our online radio station is up and running. So know that we'll have a mix of all the music from the 50s all the way to now. That's what our license covers. So that's pretty awesome. We'll put information about that coming up. Information about our Midnight Riders group. We're going to have a workshop coming up. We have some amazing interviews coming up. I wish I could tell you about them, but I'm not until it's closer to the time. I'd like to welcome Colleen to our, our um, what do you call it, to Midnight Radio. I'd like to thank her. She's our booking agent. Thank you very much. We'll be back. Until next time, I want to say that whenever I think about you, it's nothing but the best. See you tomorrow night.